0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Jim Marshall, who's the inventor of Septimix. Jim, how you doing? Great. How are you, Tim? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great.
1: Okay, well, I'm the uh, inventor of a practical... Septemix, and the author of the book Septemix, Hierarchies of Human Phenomena. Uh, This book would dramatically improve the life of anyone who takes advantage of it. Septemix is spelled S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S, and if you want to find out more, you can go to septemix.com. As for my credentials, I'm a polymathic intellectual whose areas of expertise include psychology, philosophy, theology, parapsychology, science, engineering, mathematics, law, literature, history, metaphysics, military science, political science, physical culture, organization, education, and music. And I hold a Bachelor of Science cum laude from City University of New York.
0: I gotcha. That all sounds really awesome. Just curious, tell us a bit more about Septimix and how it will change lives.
1: Okay. Well, first, let me tell you what it is. Septemics is a philosophical science based on the fact that many phenomena related to human beings occur in a sequence of seven levels. Literally, the word septemics means of or pertaining to seven. Septemics comprises a collection of scales or sequences, each of which breaks down various human phenomena into a hierarchy of seven steps. There are 35 such scales which span the spectrum of human experience. There are 24 scales which apply primarily to individuals and 11 which apply primarily to groups.
0: I gotcha. So it is, I heard that there are some scales. I heard that it applies to human phenomena and it has to do with the number seven. But yes, so practical applications. What would that look like for me in my life? Okay. Okay. So
1: I wrote this book to help people. Each of these 35 scales provides the user with an infallible way of determining the salutariness or beneficialness of any group, individual, or activity. If the group, individual, or activity moves persons or groups up these scales, it's beneficial or positive. If it moves them down, it's detrimental or negative. Moreover, just finding out what level you, another person, or some group is at is by itself enlightening and beneficial. Finally, once you know the actual level of a person or group, you can improve that person or group by moving them up one level at a time. All of these advantages represent major steps towards for society. Each of these scales is an axis against which to evaluate human behavior. Combined, they empower one to understand, predict, and manage human affairs to a degree hitherto unattainable by most.
0: Mm, I like it. I like it. So the scales kind of give us an idea of where we're at in our lives, where the activities we're doing are at in our lives, whether it's beneficial or negative to us and how to improve it depending on which it is.
1: Right. So for example, there's a scale of motivation. All right. There are seven basic motivations. So you can look at a person, let's say you have uh, a girlfriend, hypothetically. And you want to say, well, what's this person's motivation? So you can go up and down the scale and you can see where, where does she fit? And that once you find the right one, you know what to expect from this person. You know what their motivation is. And the fact that there are only seven basic motivations is helps. helps. It's, not, it's not that there are thousands of motivations. Of course, there are thousands of motivations, but there are only seven basic motivations. So that's just one example. Now, you could look at the motivation of your boss, your business partner, your friend. So you could use this one scale in hundreds of ways. Mm, and when you, know person, when you know what a person's motivation is, that tells you a lot. For example, the most motivation of all is revenge. If a person is vengeful, that is a bright red light saying, stay away. Uh, There are six other possible motivations which are all better than that. So that's, that's just one example. If you go through the 35 scales, you'll find that they cover pretty much everything in human affairs. In other words, this book applies to anybody living on earth. This book is for anybody who can read English. That's all you need to know how to do is read English. If you can read English well, you can use this book and you can dramatically streamline your life and find out what's going on with it. Another skill that's really important is the scale of basic purposes. Uh, every person has one basic purpose and they're in a scale of seven. And personally for me, I don't have much difficulty finding a person's basic purpose, just by observing the person. For example, I know the basic purpose of every United States president going back as far as Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And that is? Well, I don't wanna talk about specifics right now because right there it gets into politics and I try to stay out of politics. There we go, good idea. Okay, okay, (laughs) because, because, Anything that I don't get into politics, or religion, because it's divisive. And Septimix is for everybody. Doesn't matter your politics, your religion, your race, anything. It applies.
0: I love it. I love it. There we go. And this book is on sale right now.
1: Yeah, it's been out for a year. You can get it any place that books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. You can go to the author house, the publisher, and it comes in hardbound softbound and ebook.
0: Awesome. Well, speaking of the motivation scale, what is your motivation? What gets you up and keeps you going every day?
1: Well, I have different parts of my life. Uh, I've been meditating for most of my life. I do that every morning. That's important to me. And that kind of keeps me on an even keel. So I'm, I'm a notoriously, uh, unflappable person meaning you know i don't get upset easily uh and that's because of many decades of this specialized meditation that i do that's one thing uh right now i'm very busy promoting the book i'm i'm getting many requests for interviews uh the first year it was out i was primarily concerned with Getting press. There's a lot of press on this book. If you go to my website and go to the media section, you'll see what various publications have said. Their reviews and articles, some of them are about me, some are about the book. And it, I spent about a year doing that. There's a lot of that available now, which tells people what some uh, disconnected person thinks about this. It's not just coming from me. And after I had enough of that. I decided I'm going to start doing interviews. So that's what's keeping me busy now.
0: There we go. Promoting the book, doing interviews, getting the message out there about Septimix. Right. I love it.
1: I, I already know uh, the results that this book creates. It took me off and on 25 years to write this book. Because first I had to discover the phenomenon described by Septemics. Then I had to put it into a practical philosophic system, and then I had to write a book that would make sense for everyone and apply it to everyone. Also, I, I wanted a book that would reach uh, intellectuals and academics, but also for ordinary people. That is a tall order. It would have been very easy for me to write this for either an academic audience or for general public, but to write it to con- to connect to both groups, that's a challenge because it's an eighty-seven thousand word book, and I basically had to go word by word and see how is this word going to going to be interpreted by academics and how is it going to be interpreted by the general public. So that was a big challenge. Also, I uh, affiliated with many colleagues of mine, many very brilliant people who uh, I gave the, the manuscript to and went back and forth. I listened to ideas. And then uh, I saw the, the results from readers, uh, which you can find on my website. People are blown away by this book. The hardest thing about this book is getting people to read it because most people don't read books today. And of the people who do read books, they mostly read fiction. Of the people who read nonfiction, they're mostly in a slot. In other words, there are psychologists who read psychology books, f- physics people who read physics books. Mm. This book is for everybody. So it's it has strong advantages in that it'll help anyone. But the disadvantage is getting people to read it. So that's why I'm doing the interviews to get the word out. Uh, people, this, this book, if you, if you study it and apply it, it will drastically improve your life. Because this goes into things that most people don't know anything about. For example, there's a scale of literacy. Most people think of literacy as binary. You're either literate or illiterate. That's not true. There are seven levels of literacy. And it's very easy to spot where a person is on the scale of literacy. And the great thing about this book is when you spot what level you're at, it's not that hard to move yourself up one level. One of the reasons that people fail in life is that they try to jump too far. That's why crash diets don't work. You have a guy who is hundred pounds overweight who wants to get in shape. He has to go through many levels, many gradients. Uh, That's not going to happen in a month. He's going to have to approach it slowly, little by little, and gradually change his diet, gradually change his exercise. And after a couple of years, he can do it. And that's what this book is about. It tells you the gradient. In other words, you find what level you're at, and then you know, if you advance, what will happen to you next. Next. That's why you can predict behavior from this. Or if you fail, you'll go down a level and you can find that out too. The data in this book are vital for every human being and can help you to achieve your goals faster and easier by explaining what might otherwise seem to be inexplicable or random. If someone were to invite you to a rendezvous, you would certainly expect them to tell you the exact location and perhaps also how to get there. Needless to say, it's very difficult to get somewhere if you don't know where you are, don't know where you're going, and don't know how to get to your destination. Now this sounds idiotic, but most people do this regularly. For example, when I started driving extensively, long before GPS units, I was surprised to find how many people did not know geographically precisely where they were, nor exactly how to get there. More often than not, my request for directions to so the location of the person on the other end of the telephone was requited by vague and often inaccurate instructions, which often did more harm than good. I learned to ask only for the address, which many people could not give anyway, and then look on a good map. If this is so with physical locations, it's even more so with conceptual locations because they are abstract. Most people wander through life aimlessly, so much so that it's considered normal. Whether discussing politics, career, romance, finances, health, you name it, most people do not know where they are, where they are going, nor how to get there. If you wanna improve you or another's condition, these scales are very useful because each scale is a roadmap for some area of human activity. It enables you to find out precisely where you are, where you are going and how to get there in some specific context. There are very few human behavioral contexts to which at least one of these scales does not apply.
0: I have a question for you. Sure. Is there something in this book or a scale dedicated to self-sabotage?
1: Well, there's no particular scale uh, along those lines. However, there is one scale Uh, which you enter it kind of at zero and then you decay as you go down the scale. Um, And that explains a lot about how people decay. Mm -hmm. But really, what you want is to be at or near the top of all of these scales. If you're at or near the bottom of these scales, you're probably not gonna read this book. And even if you did read the book, you probably wouldn't understand it. In fact, people who are at or near the bottom of these scales, as you might expect, are criminals, war criminals, murderers, drug addicts, terrorists, uh, all kinds of bad people. Not all of them have a criminal record, many of them are in the government. But uh, the basic idea of this is You study the scale, find out where you are. If you find out the right level, a light bulb will go on over your head. You'll say, "Uh aha, that's where I am. Then you look at the next scale above and you start working toward that. Now the book gives very specific instructions on how to advance yourself up these scales. It works the same for all 35 scales. Self-sabotage, of course, is a big deal and it mostly occurs in people at or near the bottom of the scales. Now, I will tell you this. The first scale I discovered was the scale of basic purposes. I had a six level scale. I didn't know that it was a scale of basic purposes, but I knew that the scale was correct. I had that for decades and I used it, but there was still something not quite right. Finally, in 1995, I realized I had a missing level and I inserted it in there and the whole thing then clicked together mathematically. And then I realized, whoa, whoa I'm into something big here. So then I started looking at many other scales that I had created and I, I started saying, well, maybe maybe these really have seven levels too. And when I looked at the other scales, it was not hard to find, in most cases, what the remaining levels were so then i had all these seven level skills and i said wait a minute this is a subject and i i did not intend to create a new subject even when i started writing the book i didn't intend to create a new subject uh i got most of the basic data from observing people from carefully and closely observing people especially my clients because i worked as a human potential engineer and i helped hundreds of people to improve themselves. Now, as this happened, and I saw them improve, I observed after a while that they were going up scales. In other words, they would improve, people would improve in the same way. In other words, if a guy had a certain motivation and I improved that, I would know what the next motivation up was. And when he got there, I would know before he did, what the next one up from there would be before he even thought about it because I had a scale for it. So I uh, have gotten a lot of feedback from a lot of people about this. And people love this book because this is what most people need. It, 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 it helps you to get out of whatever mess you're in and get to a better life.
0: I love that. Well, awesome. Let me
1: finish what I was saying about the scale of basic purposes. The scale that the level that I found last was what I call the loser. 20% of people are self destructive. This person's purpose is to suffer. Now, that makes no sense to most people. That's why I didn't figure it out until the end. There are people whose goal is to make themselves lose. This is the type of person, if you give them a car, he'll crack it up. If you give him a house, it'll burn down. If you give him money, he'll blow it. I'm sure you've seen people like this. You know, there's hundreds of ways of sabotaging oneself. I mean, there are obvious ones like drugs and alcohol, but there's lots of other ways too. Like how about getting a relationship with a destructive person and staying there? So this level really... uh, Clarified my thinking about people. These people cannot be helped. Now, the loser is not destructive. He's only really destructive to himself, or as you say, self sabotage. The people below the loser are the criminal and the subversive. Those are the people who cause most of the trouble in society. Hitler, for example, was a subversive. That's the lowest level. His goal was to destroy. And if you really study, him, his history, the facts surrounding him, it's really clear that he intended to destroy. He never said that. He probably didn't even know that. But that's what he was about. And above that is the criminal, which are people like uh, Al Capone, mafia guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. Most people, their, their motivation is pleasure. They don't care what happens to you. They don't want to improve themselves. They don't want to improve the world. They just want pleasure. They want alcohol and drugs and women and and boats and limousines and things like that. They're criminals. They will do anything that they can get away with to get what they want. Uh, Levels one, two, three, and four are people who are basically social people. And the people at five, six, and seven on this particular scale are generally antisocial people. So once you spot somebody on this level, on this scale, you have a very sound uh, way of deciding, do I want this person around me or not? For example, if the people of Germany had this book, they never would have put Hitler in office. They would have read the book and said, this guy's a subversive. His goal is to destroy no matter what he says. And they wouldn't have voted for him. Now, some people would have voted for him. You know who would have voted for him? Other subversives, criminals, and losers. People at levels seven, six, and five. But the people at the higher levels would not have voted for him. And he never would have gotten enough votes to take over the government.
0: So how do the subversives, criminals, and losers move up the ranks? Well,
1: first of all, the short answer is they don't. Because in order to use this book, as with any self-betterment, you need insight. People at the bottom of that scale lack insight. Uh, I have dealt with enough of these people, knowing what levels they were at and saw there's no insight. For example, at the end of World War II, they had war crimes uh, trials in Nuremberg. They tried 20 top Nazis. Only one of them, Albert Speer, who was a brilliant architect, showed any remorse or apologized or anything like that. The other 19 just said, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm a soldier and I do what I'm told. You know, they had no insight. There was no such thing as saying, don't you think it was a bad idea to slaughter millions of innocent civilians? They They wouldn't get it. If you spoke to Hitler, he would have it all justified in his mind that it was good to kill the Jews and the gypsies and the gays and anybody else he didn't like. So... The people at those levels on this particular scale, they're not going to move up. The whole point about the loser is that he's a loser. He's not going to improve. He'll say, "Uh, I want to improve, please help me. But he won't because his goal, which is usually hidden, it's subconscious, is to suffer, to lose. Again, that makes no sense. The people at the bottom of this scale are very hard for the people at the top of the scale to understand. Normal people have a very difficult time just realizing that people like that. You know, there are people who think everybody can be helped. And I wish that were true, but it's not. It's not true. Uh, you know, there was a guy, Charles Starkweather, who in 1957 went on a killing spree. In 10 days, he killed 12 people. He was obviously a subversive. He was crazy. Uh, he had no insight into anything. So he was just as subversive and they gave him the electric chair and that was the end of it. So there are people, you know, people like terrorists who go around killing innocent civilians, blow up buses full of children. They're crazy people. They're not gonna use this book. They're not gonna improve themselves. They are at that level and that's where they're gonna stay. And I should tell you on the scale of basic purposes, most people spend their whole life at one level. A person who's at a level on that scale is probably there for life. It would be very rare for a person to change the level on that particular scale. I'll give you an example of someone who did. Saul, who later became known as Paul. Uh, he was on the road to Damascus. He was a, a Jew who was a Roman citizen and his job was to oppress the Christians. Well, the story, That most Christians know is one day he's riding along on the road. He sees a white light in the sky. He hears a voice. He's knocked off his horse, and he had an epiphany. And in the book, it's explained as God or angels or something interacting with him. You don't necessarily have to accept that as a fact. What is clear is that he changed from being uh, a leader which is the level he was at, to a saint, which is the level above that. Because after that, he behaved He behaved as a saint, which is the highest level on the scale of basic purposes. The saint's goal is to transcend. Saints are not interested, they don't want money, they don't want pleasure. Basically, depending on what religion they're in, they want to go to heaven or attain nirvana or something like that. Uh, But regardless of what religion they're in, they're not hard to spot. For for example, Mahatma Gandhi, he was a saint. Even though he was a Hindu, uh, as opposed to Jesus of Nazareth, the founder of Christianity, he was a saint also. So they would express things in different ways. But they both had the same goal, which was to go to Uh, to heaven, if you want to use a Christian word. So there's good news and bad news. The good news is if you use this book, you can improve your life. The bad news is the people at the bottom of these scales are not going to use this book and are not going to improve these lives. And that goes for many different scales. It's not just the one scale I discussed. Now, as I said, there's 35 scales. You need to study each one of them, and they're all explained in great detail in the book. But the good news is uh, this is like a cookbook for your life. I'm telling you how to have a better life Uh, and you don't need anything else. You just read the book, you need to study the book, you need to understand the book and then just follow the instructions. And as you start moving up scales, your whole life will gradually
0: get better and better and better. I gotcha. Just a quick question. Um, yes, isn't Paul, our Saul, more like a subversive turned saint in that he murdered Christians and that was his sole goal?
1: Well, no, that was his job. That was his job. He was see the goal of a leader is conquest. Now, conquest, depending on depending on who you ask, is good or bad. For example, when the Allies defeated the Axis powers in World War II. For most of us, that was a good conquest. Even for the people in Germany and Italy and Japan, it was a good conquest because we got really evil people out of power. Uh, so it depend, if you ask Hitler, was it good for the allies to win? Obviously he's gonna say no, but then again, he's a subversive. But if a person is doing his job, for example, uh, Audie Murphy, the most decorated American uh, in World War II, all right? He was a great war hero, and he clearly was fighting for his country. He killed a lot of people. Uh, now, I don't know what level he is at because I haven't made a study of it, but you can not say just because he killed people, he's bad. It depends on who you're killing and what the context is.
0: Gotcha. So what makes Hitler a subversive and Saul a leader? Because Hitler also had a job to like bring the German people out of hyperinflation and they had the reparations from World War I, right? Yes. Yes.
1: But but if you study the things he did, he did things that clearly were destructive. For example, his scorched earth policy near the end of the war, he gave orders to his troops to destroy everything in Germany before the Allies could get it. He asked them to burn all the buildings, rip up all the the railways. Now, Albert Speer, who was sort of in charge of that, countermanded that order, risked his life to countermand that order because he said, Speer knew the war was lost. Hitler didn't realize that because he was crazy. But Speer was an intelligent man and he saw What's gonna happen to the German people if they have no railroads and no homes and no schools? Uh, So he countermanded it. That was clearly a destructive thing. Now, Paul, or as you said, Saul, he was not generally destructive. He was like everybody else who worked for the Romans, following orders in the Roman empire. And he was, uh, a powerful, influential person. Uh, he was doing what he was told to do, so he was not generally destructive. I mean, he was he was doing something like Charles Starkweather, that crazy murderer. You know, anybody he didn't like, he just killed him. So you know, if you talk back to him, he would just shoot you. Okay, so so Saul was not like that. He was a respected person, and he had a position of responsibility. He was doing an important job that he was given to do by the empire. So there are many people who think that policemen and military people are bad people. There are good ones and there are bad ones. Some of them are very good and some of them are not so good. But just because a person destroys something doesn't make them a bad person. I mean, every time you take an antibiotic, you're killing millions of organisms in your body. But that's a good conquest because you get to live instead of dying from whatever the infection is. But again, if you study these people, uh, you can see the details about this.
0: I get you. I get you. That makes sense. And so with Saul, who turned Paul, right, he went from leader to saint. Um, What was that thing that triggered the transformation? For well,
1: I, to, I told you the story that's in the Bible. Uh, and we were, we're not there. We don't really know exactly what happened. I mean, different people will have different explanations for it. I mean, Christians think of it in a certain way. People who are not Christians are going to be more skeptical about it and are going to say, they're going to explain it in some other way.
0: I guess what you say, Uh, was it something outside of him or something inside of him that gave him that insight? It
1: doesn't doesn't really matter. He had an epiphany. He had a life-changing event. You know, things happen to people like Benjamin Franklin, for example. He was absolutely against breaking away from England. He went to England and he spoke to the people in power there and they just treated him like dirt. And he came to realize they had contempt not only for him, but for the colonists. And eventually he came over to the position of, yes, we need to break away from these people. They're they're not helping us. They're not gonna deal with us in a respectful way. And he became one of the founding fathers, but he didn't start out like that. So, you know, there was a period that he went through where he had to be convinced by the way he was treated by the English that the revolution was the right thing for Americans. So what I did as a human development engineer is to help people move up these scales. Now, I didn't know it at the time that that's what I was doing, but that's what was happening. Now, different people have different things. Some people have a realization about one thing and another guy will have a different realization about the same thing. And the whole point of any type of therapy or True education or facilitation is to help the people to have insight. When a person has insight, he looks and says, oh, okay, no wonder I had trouble with this woman. You know, she was a loser. Doesn't matter how much I did for her. She was just going to do drugs and alcohol and waste all her money and crash the car. And I had to just get away from her. And that will really clear up the guy's mind about that he was with the wrong person. And after that, you know, he'll get away from her. He won't have any regrets about it. This will say, this woman is is destroying herself, and I'm not going to let her destroy me too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess I just has there ever in the history of ever been a person who was either a subversive criminal or um, what's that fifth level, a loser, loser, that has moved up the ranks. Towards Saint. Or just up the ranks at all.
1: It's well, you know, that's a that's a speculative question. I mean, obviously I wasn't around to see all the people. I know what I saw in front of me, you know, in my own life. You know, after I started developing these scales, I started looking at people just in general, not only in the sessions I did with my clients, but just observing people. And seeing how they manifested these levels without knowing about them. I mean, everybody is at some level on every scale, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you know it or not. So this book helps you to find out what level you're on. And the good news is when you find the correct level, correct level, then you can move up one. As far as, you know, the history of the world, I don't know. That's a speculative question. I guess my, as a, person, as a my, person from a hard science background, I stay away from stuff like that. That's
0: fair. That's fair. I guess my worry is for those listening who may feel like a loser and think they're never going to be able to change now and that their life is always going to suck. What, what do you say to that person?
1: Well, look, whether or not you feel like a loser is, a, is completely separate from what level you are at on any one of these scales. I mean, there are people who had terrible times in their life uh, who turned it around. For example, Dr. Thomas Sowell. You know who he is? I do not. He's, he's, he's a world-famous economist and writer. He was an African-American who grew up in Harlem. He quit high school. And, you know, he was working for minimum wage when he was like, 17, 18. He didn't have money for food, even. And he just said, you know, this stinks. I'm not doing this. Went back to school. Eventually, he went to Harvard. Eventually, he got a doctorate. And he wrote many books, uh, hundreds of articles in magazines and newspapers. He's now retired. He's a person who turned it around. Now, he obviously was not a loser. Because his goal was not to make himself lose. He was just a guy who was down on his luck. You know, he, he grew up in a bad situation. And there was nobody there to say, you know, Tom, you're a smart guy. Stay in school. You know, I guess nobody did that. So he's a really good example of someone who turned it around and had a fantastic life. Helped many, many people. His books are brilliant. Yeah. So what you think about yourself, you know, when a person is depressed, he has negative thoughts about himself. You know, I mean, I've seen enough people come to me uh, in states of depression and anxiety, and then work with them and see that go away and see them blossom. Uh, But the main thing about that particular scale is that it, a person rarely changes that level. If a person is a normal, he's going to have a normal life. You know, he's going to, if you watch The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, that show ran for 15 years, was very successful. It was all about normal people. They have houses, they have kids, they have cars, they have belong to clubs. You know, there's nothing in there that's earth shattering or terribly dramatic. You know, it's about normal people those people, they're they're very different from, for example, George Washington. George Washington was a winner. He was on a path for success. He made himself the richest man in the colonies. He made himself the head of an army. He made himself the president of a new country. And he could have stayed president forever if he wanted. But he said, that's enough. I'm stepping down. So That's a very different type of person from a normal person. A normal person would not have that kind of motivation. Thomas Jefferson was also a winner. If you look at all of the things he accomplished, he was an architect. He was a violinist. He was an inventor. He was a lawyer. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. He founded, I mean, he did so many things. He was an extraordinary person. And he was a winner, he was motivated to win, to get better. Uh, so I suspect that most of the great people in the world had tough times, you know, Dr. Soul, uh, when he was, when he quit high school, he had to walk to work and walk home miles because he didn't have money for the subway. So this is a guy who lifted himself up by his bootstraps and uh, once you find a person's level on this scale, you can predict what they're going to do. It's, it's not hard to do. And really, with all the scales, it's very true. Once you understand the scale, you can, you, the person becomes very predictable. I find people are very easy to understand because I see these scales all the time. It's not hard for me to spot a person on that scale, and I know what to expect from him. I mean, when I was young and I didn't know this stuff, which is the condition that most people are in now, I was at the mercy of all kinds of things. And I got involved with some people who were not good people. I didn't understand. Now, I would never make that mistake because I'm informed. Unfortunately, I had to create this subject to learn from it.
0: What? If- so would you say somebody who is like in the situation that a loser would typically be in their whole life right now, but is not satisfied with that situation and consistently works to change it is really on a different level in the scale?
1: Yeah, if a person, if a person allows himself to succeed, he's not a loser. The loser is the person who will not allow himself to succeed. There are people, for example, uh, I was once handling a real estate transaction for a person who I later found out was a loser. And that person did everything they could to sabotage. me. Now I had to keep saying, look, just go away, shut up and go away. I'm going to make this deal for you. And I did. And they got the property at the price that I said it should be gotten. And, but I had to, I had to push them away because they were trying to make it fail. Mm. So, so, you know, there are people who, you know, if you give a winner a piece of real estate, he'll improve it, he'll make a profit on it, and then he'll take that money and he'll buy another piece of property and he'll improve that and he'll sell that. And eventually, he'll own half of the city. So that's what you get from a winner. A loser, you get the exact opposite thing. They they go out of their way to fail. Now, I guarantee a lot of people when they hear this, are going to say, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I saw that guy, Joe. He was doing this all the time. You know, like there are people who, who will get, get into a horrendous marriage, you know, like a woman marries a guy who beats her up, gets drunk, beats her up, spends all the money. You know, why did not just get up and go away?
0: I guess I'm just like, I feel like most of these things are learned mindsets and behaviors that we take on when we're growing up that we can then expand out of as we grow into our adulthood.
1: Well, I agree with you. Mostly that's true. It depends on the person though.
0: I think it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, for example, if a person is a winner, he is going to win one way or another. Now winning means different things to different people. To some people it means Writing a, a book—that's a hit. To some people, it means uh,
0: having three kids made and being two. happy.
1: Yeah. So, so you know, but that person his his goal is to win. He's a winner. You know, uh, Ross Perot when he was running for president, he said something interesting. He said, "If you want to hire somebody, get somebody who likes to win. And if you can't get that, get somebody who doesn't like to lose." Well, he had some insight into this. I mean, that's somebody who you want working for you. I mean, if you own a car dealership and you're going to hire a guy to sell your cars, you want somebody who wants to win. You want somebody who's going to be there hammering tongs, selling those cars and making your dealership fluid and prosperous. You don't want some guy you know, who... Loses the phone numbers, shows up late, uh, has a hangover, you know, that's, so in most of the scales, you have to realize in 35 scales. we talked a lot about one in particular, but uh, if you read all 35 scales, each is a different axis uh, on which to evaluate human behavior and human phenomena more generally. So the book covers a lot of ground which is why it took so long to write it. And I was determined that it was going to help <clears throat> anyone who could read English. And it does, because I've seen people read it and light bulbs go on over their heads. Now, not everybody gets the same light bulb on the same page. Uh, because sometimes a particular scale will make perfect sense to a person right away and a person will use that scale to advance himself. Another scale might, he, might not relate to him as well, but if you continue to study the book eventually, you'll realize that all 35 scales apply and they all uh, will benefit you if
0: you use them. I gotcha. I gotcha, well, awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, we're kind of running low on time, so I'm not gonna run through all the questions. Um, But if there were one or two ways that everyday people could really help you accomplish your dreams and goals of really getting this book out there, what would it be? I'm not sure what you're
1: asking. You're asking me about my personal preferences.
0: Yep. So how everyday people can help you get this message out there, get Septimix out there. Buy
1: the book. That's all this is about. Buy the book and study it. Now, look, this is a textbook. Okay. Septimix is a technical subject like chemistry, economics, mathematics, okay? This is not a coffee table book. You can't just browse through this book and expect it to help you. And I say that in the book, I explain. If you start on page one, just like you were studying a chemistry text. Look, if you just tried to study chemistry or physics or math by browsing through the book, you would get nowhere. You have to start on page one and get each thing because it builds. And that's how the book is. So just go out and get the book. If you get an ebook, it's very inexpensive. And then take the time to study it carefully. Uh, what I uh, recommend to my students and clients is read the book like you're studying for a chemistry test or a physics test. And then when you're done, go back to the beginning, read it again. And when you get to each scale, find your level on that scale. And that alone will help you tremendously because you'll know who and what you are. I mean, for example, uh, something you mentioned before, a guy who's having a hard time thinks he's a loser. He may not be a loser. Yeah. He, you know, he could be one. He just could be somebody who's said, I had some hard times in my life. Most people have. You know, when uh, Benjamin Franklin came to Philadelphia, all he had was a couple of rolls and some change in his pocket. You know, and he became the most prominent person in the country. So this book just speeds things up because it explains things that in a way that's easy to understand. And, it, and you have a clear path of going to the next level, people try to jump levels and it never works. It can't be done. Sometimes you go through a level quickly or easily, but you never skip a level, and that's part of the power of the subject.
0: Get the book, guys, and read it. I love it. There we go. Well, Jim, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: Ah, oh, well, it was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, you're a very good interviewer. And, you know, I hope you will read the book, use it for yourself. You know, this book was was written for uh, people who want to get better, people who want to improve not only themselves, their families, their businesses, their lives. And I want all those people to do better. People I'll never know, people I'll never meet, people all over the world. I want them to help
0: themselves by using this book. There we go guys buy the book help yourselves and remember if you don't want to lose you're not a loser you don't have to stay stuck where you are exactly exactly awesome well jim thank you so much for coming on the show thank you timmy it was a pleasure awesome and if you guys are listening to this and you loved what jim had to say you love the idea of septimics having these scales that can tangibly move you forward in your life make sure to buy the book share it with a friend as well and as we always ask send this podcast to one to three people you know